Clarence Caldwell's True Life Academy helps intelligent, ambitious people achieve and accomplish amazing things for the purpose of living the life they've always dreamed of. We will show you how to tap into the gifts that we all have been given. True Life Academy gives you the best possible chance of living a life full of wealth, health, love, and personal power. As a certified coach, mediator, speaker, and trainer, Clarence has the skills needed to guide you to the most amazing life you can imagine for yourself, focusing on your relationships, finances, health, and career. So join the Academy and be awakened to your true life, the life you dream of, the life that fulfills your purpose, yes, the life you were intended to live. True Life Academy starts now. Hello, 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 and welcome, everyone. Welcome to True Life Academy. This is Clarence Caldwell, your host, your guide, and your coach for the week. Good morning to you. Yes, it's morning because if you're listening to this, we are waking up, waking up to our true life. You know, I have a friend who uh, who always greets me the same way. You know how you greet someone and you say, hey, how you're doing? <laughs> he always says, how you living? And I thought that was just so unique. So I'm asking you, how are you living? How are you living? How are you living today? Um, it, you know, it prompts a different kind of response instead of how are you or how are you doing? How are you living? And that, uh, to me, it makes you stop and think, okay, well, what is happening with my life? And so the answer is a little bit different. It's more, it's more well put out. Uh, and how I typically answer him is I say, I'm living very well, and life is good. I'm living very well, and life is good. Can you answer that the same way today? Um, I hope you can. And if you can't quite yet, I'm going to give you some things that are going to help you do that today. In fact, if you hang around for the end of the show, you're going to get something that will just, in fact, I'm going to get you high tonight or this morning. You're going to get high. You want to get high with me today? We're going to get high. I've got something for you that will absolutely get you high. Now, that's not worth sitting around for and waiting around for. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I will tell you this. It is a part of what you have with you today that will absolutely get you high. If you're not at that place where you can say, huh, I'm living well. Life is good. If you're not there, Stick around. In fact, I'm not even going to wait. I'm going to give you some insight to what that is. How's that? Uh, you're going to have to stick around to hear the details about it, but I'm going to share it with you uh, online. And it's not yet. So if you're listening to this live, you're going to have to wait maybe a day. But if you're listening to this as a podcast, go there right away and you'll probably find it. And you can go to ClarenceCaldwell.com slash get high. If you go to ClarenceCaldwell.com slash get high, I will have something there for you that will help you in, uh, in getting high uh, throughout your day. And so that you can answer the question, how you're living, with the answer of, I'm living very well. Life is How's that? All right. By the way, just gave you something off the bat because giving is something that's so important. If you've lived your life this past week in a, with an attitude and you've been giving from your heart, 
and that you, because you have this power to choose that you love person, then choose. That I know is very, very good for you to live that amazing life and to be living good. Um, so let's uh, let's do this. I understand we might have a little bit of a technical issue here, but let me uh, try to clear that up. If you're hearing it, we'll clear that up for you. One of the things that we're going to do here, going to uh, talk a little bit about your true value. And when uh, we talk about your value, I want Yes, there, Roy. We are... talk about value, your true value, we are talking about what you believe the quality of your life is worth. So let me give you an, an example of this. The, you know, I was reading not too long ago, I think it was a few months ago, there was a woman named Denise, I believe her name was Huskins. Denise H., we'll call her, from Vallejo, California. And Denise was, um, she was in a predicament. And have any of you seen that movie or read the book Gone Girl? If you've read Gone Girl, then you know the story. And if you don't know the story, I won't, I won't be a, an, a, a spoiler for you. I won't tell you what it's about. But it is about a woman that gets kidnapped. And when she gets kidnapped... There is a ransom that is, is required to get her back. Now, whenever someone is kidnapped, the kidnappers usually ask for some money. And so when I ask you the question, what is your true value, the true value of your life, how do you put a number on that? Now, this, this uh, woman that was kidnapped here in California a few months ago, the kidnapper asked for $8,500. Now, $8,500, is that the, the real value of this woman's life? I don't know from anybody else's perspective, but to the kidnapper, that's apparently what the value they had put on it. But I'm going to ask you the value of your life, not in terms of living or dying, but in terms of the quality of your life. And when we talk about the quality of your life, and what your life is valued at, it cannot be measured in dollars and cents. Your value cannot be measured in dollars and cents. And I'll, I'll explain that to you. If you were with me the first time I gave something of value to someone, you would, you would know that it's not about the money. And maybe you've had this experience as well. Think back to when you were a child, maybe very young, before seven years old, maybe five years old, five, six, seven years old. Do you remember a real shift in your focus from everything being about you? It was all about you. 
you you had to have everything that you saw. You wanted to be fed on time. You wanted the toys. You wanted everything was about you. You wanted your security. You wanted you know the lights on when you went to bed, or you wanted to sleep with your in your parents' bed because you were afraid. Everything was about you. But somewhere along that line, in your first seven years of life, there was a shift that took place. And it wasn't dramatic, but it was a slight shift where you became more aware and you became more focused on things that were important to other people. You became more aware of the feelings and the thoughts that other people had. It it mattered to you. And usually it's someone that was maybe close to you that you had this, uh, this change take place where it might have been your parents because they're the closest ones to you. So you began to to possibly think about their feelings more so than you did in your first four or five years of life. And you may remember it happening sooner in your life or even later, but the, the point is you began to care about someone's feelings enough to make an attempt to consciously please them. You know, when we are Um, at that early stage of our life, we are really just finding our footing on the ground. In fact, if you you study energy and chakras, uh, you'll know that the first seven years of your life is, they call it the root chakra. It's the bottom one. It's it's where your tailbone is. It, It is that energy field that gives you the grounding of your life. And the first seven years, Each chakra, there's seven chakras, there are actually many more than that, but the seven energy fields that you have all the way up to the crown, the top of your head, gets developed in seven-year increments. So that first seven years is about security, it's about fear, it's about really surviving. And so during that time, however, you do have this awakening about other people's feelings, at least someone that's very close to you, like your mom. You know, I remember um, that that what happened for me, and, and maybe it's likely that someone that you are very close to as well, that you you were not sure about about what they were thinking, but you were interested in it and you wanted to make sure they were pleased. And think of a time when maybe you picked a flower for them. You know, that's what comes to mind for me, picking a flower and that you you could give it to them. And I remember bending over and picking up that flower and just having the excitement of knowing, just the excitement of anticipating what my mom would feel like, what she would feel like when I gave her that flower. And when I picked up that dandelion <laughs> in anticipation, um, I got a thrill out of just picking it, and I, could, I couldn't wait to give it to her. It was just a, a dandelion, but it, was, it might as well have been a rose because it meant that much to me. It had that much value to me. To the person that you're thinking of when you remember that time, it may have felt like they were receiving a dozen roses, you know, or a piece of jewelry. It, it just the specialness of that gift brought a high value to it. So you can't really put a price on it. You can't put a dollar figure on value. And we're going to talk a little bit about value tonight, and, and not only the value of the quality of your life, but how it shapes your life and how it shapes the things that you do as a result of your assessment of the values that you have in your life. 
If you were there with me at that moment when I gave my mom that dandelion, you would have seen a huge smile on both of our faces. Now, what value do you put on that moment? What value do you put on that moment? That is, that's true value. And you'll see that as we talk about this issue of value, that it's really not about dollars and cents. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to just share with you a couple of more things that really, really will drive this point home, and you will see how to increase the level of value in your life if you have a low level of value today. Not your life, but the quality of your life. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Thank you. Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. How's your job going these days? Stop the frustration with your career. Give yourself the advantage in breaking through to the next level. What you will need to be successful are the insights and strategies that will work for you. Hi, this is Clarence Caldwell. You know me from True Life Academy, a powerful podcast that is reaching millions of people around the world. What you may not know is that I've spent many years as an executive for some of the largest companies in the United States. Whether you're trying to break the $200,000 income barrier or just wanting a fulfilling career, our leadership mentor programs are just what you need. Visit me at ClarenceCaldwell.com or call us at 8883 0909017. That's 8883-090917. Your time is now. Let's break through to the next level of your career. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hi, this is Clarence Caldwell, and welcome back to True Life Academy. We were talking about the value that you put on the quality of your life. And how would you value that for yourself? How would you answer that question? You see, value we established is not measured in dollars and cents. There's a greater commodity being exchanged where we assign a value to something, and it's the feeling you get 
and the feeling that you evoke in others that creates that value. Would you agree that that's where value actually resides? It's not in what the issue is or dollars and cents. It's the feeling that comes out as a result of it. The smile that I saw in my mother's face, the smile that she saw on mine in exchange as I handed her the dandelion. It might as well have been a dozen roses. It's the value of that exchange of feeling. And since true value is not measured in dollars and cents and not measured in money, why do we confuse the two sometimes? One way around this, you know, people often say, well, how do you value that relationship or how do you value this or that? And people will use the term priceless. Have you heard that one? Priceless. Well, that's kind of an indication that there's some, some value, some monetary value there. Unless you're the young lady in Gone Girl or the, the Gone Girl type kidnapping that took place earlier this year where $8,500 was all that the kidnapper had placed on that, that person as a value for their life. Uh, just to round out that story, the woman's okay. She was released. The kidnapper was actually caught. And in Gone Girl, this is a spoiler alert, she was not really kidnapped. But in real life, she was. So. That one ended well. I just wanted to close that loop for you in case you were wondering. But since the true value of life or the quality of our life is not measured in money and it's measured in feelings, I guess that's the way of saying that, that, that um, something uh, that is valuable to your, to your psyche, to your feeling, to your emotions is of great value to you. The smiles you exchange with your mom or your dad. So when those smiles, when that exchange takes place, you might say, well, that's priceless. It actually is. It's something that you really can't buy. So in trying to measure this, the quality of your life, it appears that feelings and emotions, and emotions are the best currency to use. And so for today's discussion, let's use the emotional scale to determine the magnitude of this thing called value. So unlike money, true value gets a different weight or a different scale for each of us because there are some things that I value that touch me emotionally that might not touch you the same way. So I will put a different value on certain things than you might. You may value something and and your friend does not value it. It does not make you wrong and it doesn't make you right. It doesn't make him right or you wrong because you have different emotional scales. Things affect you different emotionally. So things will look like they have different values to each of you. This is an important thing to know as, as you go through your day and, and uh, work through friends and family relationships. There are different values that people put on things. And you can be judgmental if you'd like and say, well, because you don't have the same level of emotion that's tied to this thing as I do, then I think you're wrong. And, and that's a judgmental thing, that, and you have the choice to do that. I would just offer to you that know that everybody's different that way. Something that may make you feel really good and lights you up emotionally may just get a so-so response or reaction from your friend or someone else that you love. So who's right? Well, neither of you are right. 
And both of you are right because it's yours. It's yours to hold and to have. If you can imagine something that, that makes you feel depressed or angry or, or fearful, now I'm not going to keep you there because I don't want you feeling that tonight. But just for a moment, think of something that might make you feel depressed or angry or, 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 or grief or fearful. Uh, you are likely to put a low value on those things. You simply don't want those things in your life. If they're making you feel that bad, you don't want those things in your life. So they're not valuable to you. And in fact, whatever is causing those feelings of depression or anger or fear, you're probably trying to do something extraordinary to get them out of your life. In fact, they have such little value that you're willing to pay someone to get them out of your life because they mean nothing to you. And because they mean nothing to you, they have low value to you, and it sets up a level of value in the quality of your life. The other way of putting this is that you may do something extraordinary to bring more happiness and joy into your life, You know, meaning that the value that you put on things that bring you joy and happiness and love, that has a greater level of value to you because those are at the higher end of that emotional scale. That's the connection to this scale that I'm talking about. The lower end of the scale, if you remember, we did a show on, on do your emotions run your life, and the answer is absolutely yes, because that emotional scale determines a lot of what we feel, what we think, and what we do. And at the lower end of that emotional scale, reside all this anger and depression and rage and hate and, and fear, that's at that lower end, and that has very low value. You might look at it as a low frequency or a low energy or low vibration. You can use any term you want. It is the lower end. Is it the, I'll call it the dark side of your emotional health. And so those things at that end of that scale – don't bring a lot of uh, value to your life. And so you have a tendency, I'm sure, all of us do, to try to move to the other end. The view of that emotional scale is a good reference tool to gauge value. You know, it's a sliding scale. There's possibly hundreds of, of levels between the bottom and the top, but it's a sliding scale. And, you know, I didn't say it was an easy thing to measure, but your emotions kind of range all over the place on that scale. But it's important to know where you are at any given point in time so that you can evaluate and determine the value that the quality of your life is having at any given moment in time. But perhaps now you have a way to measure value that is not related to money. So if someone says, what is the value of this to you, you're not thinking about a dollar, dollar sign. You're now thinking about how does it make you feel. And if you think about it in terms of your emotion, your feeling, your energy, your vibration, all of that, if you think about it in those terms, then you'll be able to quickly know whether you're living well and life is good or something else. You know what uh, people sarcastically mean when they attach a value of priceless to something is that they would pay any amount of money to get that feeling or that experience, or that thing, you know, out of uh, to whatever it is that that they really want to hold on to. 
that feeling of love, that feeling of happiness, that feeling of joy and beauty and wonderment, those are the things that they consider priceless because they would pay anything to have that. It adds to the quality of your life. So back to my original question for you. What value do you put on your life right now? Just take a snapshot. What is the value of your life at this current moment in time? With your current life experience, how would you answer that? Now, if you're vibrating at a very high level, at the highest level of consciousness and emotion, meaning that you're at the top of that emotional scale, consistently at the top of that scale, living in beauty and love and wonderment and joy and happiness, if that's your day all the time, every day, then I would say that's a pretty high-value quality of life, I would think. That's the life that I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, want to live. And we strive to get to that place where we're living in beauty and love and wonderment and joy and happiness all the time. Now, the other extreme is that you're living consistently in a state of fear and anger and depression and so on. Now, notice I'm using the word consistently because it's not a matter of whether you ever feel those things because we all feel all of those things at some point. But if you're there consistently in a state of fear and anger and depression and so on, you likely don't see much value in the quality of your life. Do you know anyone? Do you know anybody that lives at that end of the emotional scale consistently? Do they find themselves questioning? And they probably do find themselves questioning whether it's even worth living at all. When you're living at that end of the scale, I call it the dark end of the scale, consistently, then the quality of your life has a very low value. Not, not to anyone else, but to you it does. And quite frankly, that's what matters. The value of your life to you is all that matters. It doesn't matter what the kidnapper thinks that, you, that you're worth. It's what the person who is, who is missing you, yourself, your loved ones, that's the value. If that love is there, if you're vibrating and energy levels at the highest end of the emotional scale, then the value is very high. And that's why a lot of kidnappers ask for a million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars, because they recognize that the value of life for the person who loves that kidnapped person is very high. So it's normal to be at that other end of the spectrum. It's to be expected. Everyone is living there at some point in time in their life. But anyone living there consistently at the dark end of the scale are likely to be sad most of the time and unfulfilled and even unsure whether it's any value to life at all. So as we come back, I'm going to tell you how we can move our way up that scale so that we can increase the value of the quality of our life. We'll be right back. Life Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. 
Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome to Toginet, cutting-edge radio. Welcome back to True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hello and welcome back to True Life Academy. We are talking about the value of the quality of your life, and we are talking about it in terms of not dollars and cents, but in terms of your emotional scale. That's how we're going to measure this, because if you are feeling that you are in a dark place and you're at the lower end, that is not unusual and is not abnormal. If you've been there, welcome to the club. I've been there, too. We all have at some point in our lives. We go through this, and that's okay. That's a part of of what life is about. Life in total is about experiencing that entire scale from love all the way down to grief. And, And so it's okay. What's important is how long you're there and how consistently you visit that place. You know, I, it reminds me of, of uh, uh, a time where a friend, a friend, I'll just call him Jerry. Jerry confided in me once years ago. This was a, quite a few years ago. He confided in me that one day he was standing in, in front of a mirror. And in front of the mirror, he had just basically given up. He had actually taken a very sharp knife out of the kitchen, and he had it right up to his own throat. And he was ready to cut his neck, his jugular, his vein, so that he would bleed and die. He was ready at that moment to end it. He had enough. Now, of course, since he was telling me about this, he obviously didn't do it. And, I, and it gave me an opportunity to ask him what was depressing him so much. What, what drove him to that? And he said, you know what, Clarence, I was not depressed. I said, I can't understand. Wait a minute. You were ready to take your life, but you weren't depressed. Hmm. I, I, either you're not aware that you were depressed or, or I'm missing something. What was it? And he said, it wasn't a matter of depression as much as it was a matter of I had lost hope. It lost hope. Now, he told me the details of, of why it lost hope, and it had to do with, with people in his life and, and who were, or that he wanted in his life, they weren't in his life, but the, the details of that were not as, as important as the fact that it was a matter of him losing hope. Now, 
hope is a very, very powerful thing. If you don't have it, that means that you're sitting at the lower end of that spectrum, and that's a dark place to be. In fact, if you think about 2008, uh, the current president of the United States, that was his platform. He ran on that platform and won the presidential seat because of that platform, and the platform was hope. He ran on hope and change. And whether you agree with his politics or not or think he's done a great job or a terrible job since he's been in there, the fact that he tapped into that place of knowing that people had lost hope, that is very, very powerful. You know, right before then, people had lost hope. We were in a a war that we couldn't really explain. We were losing our young people to, uh, to, to this war. People were dying in this war. Um, the economy was tanked and tanking further. People had lost so much money. Uh, it probably rivaled the 1920s when people were literally jumping off of buildings because they had lost everything they owned. You know, I remember that very clearly because the little bit that I had, I, I felt that I was building up a nice little nest egg, and I lost most of it at that time. And so I know that feeling of, oh, my God, there's nothing left. It's not a matter of depression at that point. It's a matter of losing hope in the future. It's a matter of losing hope. And when you lose hope, there is so much pain there that you just want to escape it somehow. And so I I just relay that story about my friend, Jerry, to you because it highlights what staying in that dark place can do if you're not careful. If you don't have a way to get high, and I mean the high that I'm going to share with you. I'm not talking about drugs. So I hate to disappoint you, and when I tell you I'm going to get you high today, it's not with drugs. But if you don't have a way to get high, if, to get out of that dark place, then it can be a real, real painful place to be. You know, the people today uh, in big corporations, they – really, really thrive on your pain. When I was uh, in school many years ago, there was a class, and many of you may have taken this class. Have any of you taken marketing, just marketing 101? If you've taken marketing 101 in school, in, in your first year in college or maybe your last year in high school, they talk about the four Ps. The four Ps of marketing, that was the, that's the key to marketing, are these four Ps. And if you're not familiar with the four Ps, I'll tell you what they are. There's price. There's something they call placement, which means where they're going to show the ads and who they're going to show them to. There's the product itself. And there's the promotion. How much promotion are you really going to do? So there's these four Ps, price, product, placement, and promotion are the four Ps of marketing. And that has really... Um, helped companies for many, many years become <laughs> huge, wealthy monopolies, and, and they've just done very well financially because of the, the four Ps. But if you look at what's going on today in advertising, what's happening today is they've really added a fifth P. The thing that you see on TV, when you look at 
a commercial for headaches, and somebody's grabbing their head, and they're, oh, my God, this is, my head just hurts. And within 30 seconds, it's gone because they've taken this magic little pill. Or you just pay attention to the billboards as you drive down the road. If they're trying to sell you something, what the, every one of these advertisements and commercials are doing is the first thing they do is they show you your own pain. What is the pain? And to me, that's the fifth P of the marketing formula. They talk about four Ps. Well, the fifth P is pain. And when you tap into someone's pain, they will listen right up, and they'll, they'll ask and wonder what you have to relieve them of that pain. And so the four Ps are very important. The, th- the fifth P is extremely important. And what we experience sometimes in our lives is this fifth P of lack of hope. So if you don't have hope in your life at any given point in time, that's okay. But if you are there consistently, I want you to reach out. I want you to reach out. Reach out to me. Just contact me at ClarenceCaldwell.com. Call me. My number's there on the website. Call me. Let's talk. We need to talk because I want you to, I want you to get high. <laughs> How's that? Uh, and you may feel that you need literally to pay, to pay somebody money to get out of that condition. I mean, that's how bad it can be sometimes. And how, how many times have you tried to pay your way out of, out of feeling that hopelessness? Have you felt really down and then you decided you're going to go shopping? A lot of people do that. I'll just go buy something. That'll make me feel better. Uh, not because you really needed anything, but you, you wanted to feel just a little bit better. So the importance of moving up that emotional scale becomes more evident the longer you stay in place of that, uh, of that place of, of, little known, of little value, of no value. That's at the lower end of the scale. I know you're not just sitting there at the bottom. I know this because you're listening to this. You may be, you may be there from time to time, and you may be vibing at the very top of the emotional scale at this point in time in your life. And that's great. That's where you want to be. And that's the way it should be. That's the way life and the quality of life was intended for you. That's the way it was intended for all of us. But because you're human, you will move up and down that scale. Hopefully not too far down, but it's normal and it's expected that you'll visit many emotions throughout your life. Heck, throughout your day, perhaps within the hour, you're going to go through a ton of different emotions. So the greatest value you will put on your life, on your quality of your life overall, is driven by how much time you spend in the various areas of this emotional scale. You know, have you ever said out loud to yourself uh, or to someone else or, or heard someone say, and I said it earlier this, this program, life is good. Life is good. Wow, that's a great, great statement. And if you can say that, where do you think you might be on that scale, on that emotional scale when you said that? You're likely not at the bottom in depression and fear and anger and rage and hatred and grief. You're probably not there if you're saying life is good. So when you say life is good, that's an indicator that you're probably, if not at the top, or you're moving toward the top, or you're at the upper 
area of that emotional scale. That's the value that's worth so much in your life. Now, what if you had a way to, to get there with just, a, you know, just doing a couple of different things? You know, there are things that you can do, and I know that you know them already, and some of them work for you, but I want you to think about what can take you from a sad, hopeless feeling to something a little more positive. I know it's difficult to jump from the very bottom all the way to the top, and I'm not asking how do you get all the way to the top. I'm going to give you that when I get you high. But I want you to answer for yourself, how do you move just a little bit further up that scale? What do you do? And everybody does something a little different, I'm sure. Sometimes you you might want to just put on that, that beautiful song that you love, and it just puts you in a great place. And it makes you think about how wonderful things really can be and really are. Maybe it's just a matter of, of going to your, your grandchild or your, or your daughter or your, or your, your parent and, and you just give them a hug. Maybe that puts you in the right place. You know, there are things that you can do and the things that you have in your toolkit already that you probably employ without thinking too much about it. And it takes you to where you really want to go. But there are times when you forget about those tools. There are times when you find yourself in a place of fear or anger or depression or grief where you kind of abandon those tools and you you forget that you have them. Or there's something that just aren't strong enough to work. They're just not moving you out of that place. So when that happens, you really, really want to pay attention because that means that you're getting really stuck and that you will stay there longer than you really need to. It's okay to sit there for a minute and just understand where you are, but it's not good to stay there. When, I, when we come back, I'm going to tell you about um, Mrs. D. Mrs. D had this situation, and she came to me, and I'm going to let you know what, what happened. So we're going to take a break here shortly, and when we come back, we'll talk about how to end up with the statement, life is good. How you living? Living very well. Life is good. We'll be right back. Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. This is Toginet, cutting edge radio. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature. 
and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturesspiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Now, as we, as we talk about the level of pain that people are in when they lose hope, like uh, my friend Jerry, who was very close to taking his own life, and the country overall, as I talked about the politics of this country in 2008, when the country had lost hope. And, uh, and our president uh, ran his ticket based on uh, bringing, you know, bringing change and giving you hope. You know, again, that's, that's the nature of marketing. That's the five Ps, not the four Ps. That's the fifth P. And that is what politics, you know, at a 60, politics uh, uh, does that. That's what's happening uh, right now in the political system. Even though there are people, just think about the politicians who are running today, that they are tapping into whatever pain that you feel, because that's what they believe will get your attention and get you to vote for them. If they can tap into that pain, whether they tell you that the, the country is, is not doing well, uh, the, our, our world position is weak, or whatever it is, that the healthcare system is terrible or whatever those things are, they are tapping into your pain points so that you can look to them for relief. I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. That's just politics. That's what, that's what uh, the president did in 2008. And good or bad or different, it's a brilliant move. It's a brilliant move by the politicians today who are doing it because they understand that you can tap into someone's pain and you can get them to follow you because they will follow you to the end of the earth if they think you can, you can relieve them of that pain. So that's what this is all about. But I want you to not be dependent on someone else to relieve you of that pain. I want you to understand that you have the control over that in your life, that you are the one that has the ability to relieve yourself of that pain. You can move yourself from the very dark side of that emotional scale, the bottom, all the way to the top. It's not an easy task all the time, depending on how deeply rooted you are in one of those negative emotions. It is sometimes difficult just to see that there's light at the other end. But when you're in the darkness, know that there is light. You just have to point yourself in the right direction and start taking those steps. If it's playing that, that beautiful song that you like, um, you know, last year there was a song called Happy uh, by Pharrell, and people loved that song. And uh, I heard people say, that song just gets me in a great mood. And so they play that song, and whatever's happening, they start feeling better. And it could be something that, that benign, uh, just playing a song. Uh, there are other things that people can do to 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 really uh, get themselves out of a, a funk, if you will. It might be exercise, it might be going for a run, it might be any number of things you can do that changes, that shifts your 
your value system a little bit, and you're no longer at that no value end of the dark side, but you start to move toward the higher value life quality area of the top of the emotional scale. So when you hear people say life is good, they're at that other end they're, or, or, or moving toward it at least. Sometimes you could be at the lower end, but as long as you're moving in that direction, you can sense that life is good. And that's where you really want to be. Now, this was many, many years ago. I, I would say almost 20 years ago, um, I was a, a manager, at a, a, a supervisor, actually, and, and I, one of, one of uh, my workers, co-workers, actually she was a subordinate. She, she worked in my organization, in my little work group. And um, she was a woman. Her name, we'll just call her Mrs. D. Now, Mrs. D, for the most part, was, was someone that you would almost envy. She seemed like any and everything was going perfectly in her life. Um, you know, she had a normal married life. Uh, she had two two sons, um, ages three and five at the time, if I remember correctly. And she worked a full-time job. She was pay- getting paid fairly well. And it wasn't that her husband wasn't working. Her husband was working well, so they had two incomes. They were re- living fairly well. And not many people knew um, that she and Mr. D., were having trouble in their marriage because they looked like the perfect family. You know, since they both grew up in the same neighborhood, they went to the same high school. Um, they were they were high school sweethearts, in fact, and they got married. It appeared to be the perfect family. It was it was difficult to imagine them having any problems at home at all. You know, Mrs. D was one of the, one of my employees and. And one day she came to me and said, Clarence, I, I, I just want to talk to you in private. And, and so in, in the office that we were in, I don't know if you, any of you have seen these offices. They're, they're made of cubicles. And you'd have to see that office. If you were there, you would see and you'd understand why she said, I want to talk to you in private. Because in these cubicles, everybody knows who's coming to your desk. And and as a supervisor of that group, I was sitting right in the middle of that group. And even though I was in a cubicle, my little partition was maybe three feet higher than everyone else's. But you could still hear. You could still hear what people were saying. And uh, and as I sat there, uh, Mrs. D came over and said, I want to to talk with you. and so I said, okay, let's, uh, let's find this little conference room. And the conference room actually had a glass wall, so you could see in the conference room, but you couldn't hear. So we went into this conference room, the closest uh, conference room that had this wall. And so people saw us in there, but they couldn't. And when we closed the door, you couldn't hear what we were talking about. So the very first thing that came out of Mrs. D's mouth was, life sucks. And it just put me back on my heels. I mean, someone that you would think that would say life is good, she was saying life sucks. Have you heard that before? Have you said that before? Life sucks. Have you meant it when you said it? Or were you just responding to a specific issue at the time? If you really meant it, then take take a very close note and pay attention to what's happening on where you are on this scale. You know, even though 
um, Mrs. D and Mr. D were childhood sweethearts. They grew up together. They got married. They had two kids, the white picket fence, uh, 2.2 kids. In fact, she was pregnant, so 2.2 kids. Uh, life sucked for her. And so I thought, the first thing I thought about was, well, she is pregnant, so maybe it's just a hormonal thing. Why do men want to blame that every time? <laughs> but anyway, that's where my mind went. But she began to explain to me that she was married, but she wasn't happily married because she didn't have the kind of marriage that everyone thought she had. She had grown up with her husband, but they were friends, childhood friends. And yes, they dated in high school, and so people called them high school sweethearts, but they were really just friends. And because there was so much pressure from the family for them to get married because it just seemed so natural. Both families thought it was, it's just a natural. You guys have just got to get married, have kids. Both families loved each other, on and on and on. So for them to get married was a natural thing, or it seemed. And it was the wrong thing for at least Mrs. D because she felt that she had been missing out on her true life because she had made that choice. She had made that decision to satisfy everyone else. How many times have you made a decision and compromised your value, the quality of your life, trying to meet and bolster the quality of someone else's life? How much value do you think she was experiencing in her life at that time? I would say very, very little. Because when you don't experience true happiness, it's very difficult to put a high level of quality on your life. So Mrs. D and I talked, and um, I wish I could finish that story for you because I, I, want, I want to give you a happy ending. I always want to give you a happy in, ending, but I don't believe that that story for Mrs. D was a happy ending. She didn't do anything really rash, but what I understand, sometime later, this is after uh, that year, maybe a couple of years later, that their family broke up. And that had to be very, very difficult for a number of people involved. So I'm, I'm sorry I don't have a happy ending to that story, but it goes to show you that if you don't have the level of value in your life that's required for you to live at that higher end, then you need to question what is it going to take to move you up that scale. Now, before we run out of time, I want to give you this, this, uh, this gift that I call a high mindset, H-I-G-H. It's the high mindset. It's the model that I use uh, often when I try to move people out of this dark place. And in the few minutes I have left, I'm going to share this with you. But I also want you to go to ClarenceCaldwell.com slash get high, and, uh, and you'll have this uh, this job aid, so to speak, that you'll be able to refer to, and you'll see the the details of it in there, or at least the the definition. So H I G H. That's the high that we're going to get get you to tonight. And the H, the first H, is happiness. You know, happiness is a choice. If you recognize that you have a choice to be happy, why don't you choose happiness? Negative things will happen, and and your response may follow that negative energy. However, if you have the choice not to follow that negative energy with your own negative vibrational response, then choose happiness. So you can take action to do that. 
when I have workshops, I actually have people go through a process of smiling and then laughing out loud. Even if it's a fake laugh, I make them laugh. I make them stand up and laugh and laugh, 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 laugh. And then the I stands for intensity. The intensity of that laughter, the intensity of, of that happiness. Find a way to create the intensity around it. And when I, when I have my workshops and I have people do this intense laughing, I have them hold their belly and just, just laugh till they feel it in their gut, even if they fake it. Fake it until you make it. Grab your stomach and just laugh, laugh, laugh. The G in high stands for gratitude. You know, thankfulness feeds into many of our energy, in, in, into our energy levels. If you believe in chakras, uh, they, they feed in all the way from your root chakra all the way up to the crown. And it, it creates that abundance, that wisdom, uh, that, that spirituality, that harmony that benefits you. And having that attitude of gratitude, that's why I talk about it every week. Have that attitude of gratitude. But I ask you to speak it. The action I want you to take is speak it. And if it means prayer, pray and humble yourself before others. And speak your thankfulness out loud. And then the H of high, that's heaven-based. I call that heaven-based. H stands for heaven-based. And that means connecting with your spiritual nature. Never forget who you really are. Never forget that natural progression from prayer to your spiritual nature to exercise that. Take a moment. The action I want you to take is take 30 seconds, uh, one minute, five minutes, however much time you can take, and just be still. Be quiet. Meditate. Take that time to get connected to that heavenly-based part of you, the spiritual nature. If you do that, H-I-G-H, happiness, intensity, gratitude, heaven-based, you'll have great value. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone. Joining us on today's True Life Academy, certified coach, trainer, and motivational speaker, Clarence Caldwell, returns next week at this same time to share his keys to success to help you achieve the 